Lecture 7, Part 2 of The Endowments of Man by William Bernard Ullathorne. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Lecture 7 On Evil and the Origin of Evil. Part 2 There is a fundamental principle in the order of God's creation that gives the key to the divine plan of His providence everything is made for some object and end exterior to itself in which it finds its greatest good the higher the order of the creature the greater the end for which it is made and the nobleness of the creature is derived from the nobleness of the end for which it is made in estimating good and evil this principle must be ever kept in view know the object for which any creature is made and you will know the good of which that creature is capable and you will also know the extent of loss and ruin which evil may bring upon it as intelligent creatures are made for god and he is their final good the evil which turns them from god deprives them of an infinite good material things are also made for god who hath made all things for himself but they either form a part of man and so serve god in man or they serve the uses and pleasures of man and have their end in him the earth of which man's body is formed reached not its end or greater good until it was transformed into the body of man the body of man reached not its end until it was filled and animated by a spiritual soul the soul reached not even the beginning of her end until god gave her the supernatural light and grace which begins her communion with god the soul brought into divine relations with god does not reach the consummation of her good until advancing by degrees on the way of truth and justice she reaches the open vision of god and finds the fullness of good in her beatific union with him the material creatures are placed as veils between god and the soul during her time of trial on this earth taken in this light they are the instruments of trial and their limits have to be transcended before the mind and heart can rest upon divine things passively obedient to the will of god these visible things are also subject to the will of man they are not only veils that curtain round the spirit of man obscuring her vision of the spiritual things that are all about him but they are also trials in this respect that he has to exercise himself in the denial of them as well as in the acceptance of them and that he obtains the greater good in proportion as he refrains his spirit from the quest of them for the soul cannot ascend above the earth if she cleaves to the earth more than the winged bird and beyond his material needs these material things are appointed for man to overcome by strength of will and victory of soul in his ascent to higher things since the body of man has become mortal through his fall 
the soul has grown feebler with the weakness of the body and the elements of the material world have been made harder and sharper to him as instruments of trial and that most mercifully since he is so much weaker in yielding to their seductions god took away a portion of his blessing from the earth leaving it prolific in thorns and briars which is the figure of many like things hence in our short-sighted sensitiveness we often ascribe evils to material things that are not evils although we make them of evil effect by using them in an evil way they are appointed for occasions of good for trials of good and for helps to good of the everlasting order they provoke us to the noble virtues of modesty temperance patience fortitude and magnanimity they are tests to try faith opportunities for generous endurance and sacrifice prompters to humility occasions given to charity to expand her fostering love the life is more than the body and the eternal is more than the earthly life and every material danger that threatens the body's health or life is a sharp admonition for us to look to our spiritual life pain and suffering are not only salutary admonitions of the presence of danger but they are sanatory of the soul and as intermediate good is chiefly valuable as it helps us to our final good much that the world calls evil is convertible into intermediate good that cannot be accounted an evil which warns us where warning is most precious nor that which undeceives us where deception is the great evil nor that which makes earth repulsive and heaven attractive nor that which does us the good office of humbling us nor that which puts us in the way of better things whatever may be the pains losses or sorrows that are instrumental in doing us so much good the good things of this life are so far good as they help us towards eternal good which they more frequently do by the willing privation than by the abundant possession of them enlightened by these principles we are better prepared to understand what that is which deserves the name of evil evil comes of the weakness of the creature this weakness comes of its limitations and liability to change whilst the liability to change is a consequence of this weakness man his properties and powers are in their nature limited and changeable a creature made from nothing has the tendency from its origin of inclining to nothingness the continuance of god's creative might upholding all things by the word of his power alone prevents the creature from returning to that nothing from which it came but within the soul is the free will the most movable changeable and independent of all created activities prone to take its own way drawing the other human powers after it 
and but too often taking the downward course below that which is good for human nature for man like every other creature is placed between god and the nothingness from which he came far beneath god on the one side he borders on nothingness on the other so that if god has not united him as yet to his own divine stability he is still on the verge at his weak side of that nothingness and liable to fall by his own acts although upheld as to his existence by the creative hand of god another cause of change in the human soul is her union and intimate relations with a body subject to so many kinds of sensuality and open to so many provocations both external and internal that attract the will from the superior good of the soul to the inferior things of the body another thing that tries the weakness of the soul and exposes her to failure is the very greatness of her capacity as compared with what she already is in substance or possession her chief good is still in great measure external to her and not within her having the appetite for good and a great capacity for good that is not yet filled and being always in search of substantial good when the soul lets her intelligence be blinded by her senses and imagination she often mistakes the baser things and press on upon her for those substantial things for which she was made and which alone can satisfy her spirit and complete her life then the will in its weakness descends to things unworthy of its dignity commits evil and suffers the pains of evil the divine truth reveals to us the good of which we are in search but is not the substance of that good the light of the law by which that good is reached is also in the soul but she is not herself that law unless then the soul has the foretaste of that supreme good in the gift of divine charity she easily changes her will and inclines herself from spiritual to sensual things which have an ally within the weak man in the concupiscence that burns in his earthly frame the power of divine grace is the true strength of the will and the counteracting force against the alluring flame of concupiscence but if the man refuses that grace or his will refuses to enter into it and to work with its power whereby he might conquer all things if he will neither be faithful nor humble with the divine help he is himself conquered by his own weakness and inclines his infirm will to his own perversion this slackness of will failing from its proper good and inclining itself to base and unworthy things is a descending towards nothingness here we touch upon the one and only cause of evil we use the word evil in three senses each of which is distinct and separate from the other and it is all important that we keep them distinct and separate in our mind 
we speak of natural evil of moral evil or sin and of penal evil or punishment natural evil is nothing but the absence or privation in the individual of some good that belongs to the species moral evil or sin is the privation or defect of rectitude in the will of an intelligent creature the evil of punishment is the privation of good because of moral evil or sin the first kind of evil is nothing but a defect of nature sin is a defect or falling off from the will of god punishment is a loss of good that is due to the evil will of all these evils in so far as they are evils the human will is the first cause there is no substance of evil no nature of evil no positive cause of evil evil is always a failure and the cause of evil is always a failure whatever is is good but good only in its own kind its own measure and its own order for anything and especially the human will to be in its right order it must be in just and due relations with its greater good without this due order it is in disorder and disorder is evil let us give some exemplification of this failure from due order it has been said that dirt as the festering cause of disease is only matter in its wrong place leave it about a human dwelling and it will destroy life spread it over the land to fertilize the plants and fruits and it will support life good in itself that dirt is an evil in its wrong place and a good in its right place the will of man is good in itself and good when it adheres to justice which is the law of right and order but when the will fails from justice and sinks down to things that are unjust and disorderly then the will becomes evil in its failure and the cause of evil it loses its purity and becomes defiled with sin evil is nothing in fact but the corruption of good it is a defect a weakness a falling off from good attending towards nothingness as evil is always the corrupting of some good that god has made it is a wasting a vitiating a depraving an undoing of good in some degree whether less or more what constitutes the malignity of evil is the willful corrupting of god's work to quote st augustine's well-known definition evil is nothing but the corruption of a species mode or natural order an evil nature is therefore a corrupted nature for a nature that is not corrupted is good but even a corrupted nature is so far good as it still remains but it is evil as far as it is corrupted since evil is the corruption of a good nature it follows that that nature was good before it was corrupted and consequently that evil does not come from an evil principle 
but out of a nature that was created good if sin were of nature that nature would be evil but all evil works come of an evil will as bad fruits come of a bad tree that once was good the evil will of the evil angel was created good and the evil will of the evil man was created good both these evil wills become evil through their own willful failure from the just order and right intentions as evil originates from the defection of good wills it follows that all other evils are caused by the corruption of created wills it remains to consider whether evil exists in something good or in something evil but a little reflection will show that evil cannot exist in itself and that it must have some good nature in which to exist for as evil is nothing but privation of good and has no substance of its own it must be found in some substance that is good however that substance may be injured by the presence of evil sickness is but the privation of health but it corrupts the body a wound is but the privation of soundness but it corrupts the limb yet what remains of the body is good and sickness can only exist in a sick body as a wound can only exist in a wounded body neither sickness or wounds can exist in themselves but only in a body so it is with souls the vices which are the wounds and sickness of the soul are the privation of virtues and cannot exist of themselves without some good of nature remaining in which they exist evil always exists then in some nature that is good if evil could destroy that nature as saint augustine justly observes the nature and the evil must perish together evil is therefore always mixed with good being nothing of itself but a failure and defect in soul or body it corrupts but does not destroy our nature saint augustine justly reproached the manichaeans that despite of all efforts to imagine to themselves an evil being or principle they were compelled to depict a being endowed with good qualities to their evil principle or god they ascribed life mind memory power foresight order government and all manner of things in their nature good with the same keen perception he remarks in another place that we never find fault with anything except for the corruption that is in it we find fault with what vitiates nature because it is contrary to the nature that it vitiates but in finding fault with what vitiates nature we praise the nature which suffers from that vitiation the distinction between the evil existing in a creature by nature good and the good still remaining in that nature is admirably drawn out in the book on the divine names so long ascribed to saint dionysius the areopagite as exemplified in the fallen angels 
even the devils he observes are not evil by nature if that were the case they could never have had their existence from the sovereign good nor could they exist in the nature of things nor if always and by nature evil could they have changed from good to bad they are not utterly and in all respects evil their essential nature has not perished but they have fallen from the good order of their nature in which they ought to have remained they have weakened the harmony and good agreement of their powers into imbecility they are evil by what they are not and not by what they are and because as the scripture says they have not kept their principality in what are the devils depraved except in having ceased to wish and to do good things in their divinely appointed order they were not then always evil nor are they by nature evil but they have become evil by falling from the good that is proper to angels nor are they altogether devoid of good since they have being life intelligence and certain movements of desire but they are depraved because they are weak as to the doing of what properly belongs to their nature what is further weak in some fallen spirits though not in all of them is a certain irrational fury a senseless concupiscence and a headlong fantasy these things are not evil in their nature but in their excess yet they are evil in them when they exist in certain animals in their due moderation to destroy them would be to destroy the nature of those animals the lion without his fierce impetuosity would cease to be a lion the dog that fawned on everybody would lose the good properties of a dog for his natural habit is to guard the house to admit the members of the family and to bark away the intruder we compare the fallen angels with certain animals in a figurative way as where the scripture says that the devil like a roaring lion goeth about seeking whom he may devour but whatever likens them to bestial qualities is an utter deprivation of the angelic nature in those who have fallen into such utter disorder the calmness of contemplation has sunk into the weak fury of the passions the love of the supreme good has changed into fiery concupiscence and the hope and prospect of eternal rest in god has become darkened and closed up by the fantastic spectres of evil projected from their malice mixed with evils that never end and terrors that never cease but whilst the good of their nature is not utterly destroyed they have fallen from all that good which god gave to their nature yet we do not affirm that the endowments of the angelic nature are altogether changed they are in them but they cannot see them because the pride that falsifies them with a fictitious view of themselves obstructs their sight and blinds them from seeing the good that still remains in their nature as far as they exist and desire any good 
such as existence, life, or intelligence, they are good. But as far as they have deserted the good belonging to their nature, or the good that perfects their nature, they are evil. But they are evil in what they are not, and in desiring evil they desire that which is nothing. Unjust souls in like manner are not evil by nature, they are good in what they are, and in what they have. They are evil by their failure from justice, and by the corruption consequent on that failure. They are depraved by falling from good affections and from good actions, by deserting the supreme good for which they were made, and by abandoning the good order which should regulate, beautify, and perfect their nature, and lead them onwards to their supreme good. As we have often used the word corruption to express both what is evil and what comes of evil, we might as well say that we use the word in the sense of disharmonizing, disordering, undoing, or destroying. The word has always a negative sense implying the privation of some good but the corruption of a nobler nature, such as the human soul, does not make that nature inferior to one less noble, because some elements of that nobler nature always remain, which are superior to that less noble nature. The soul will always be nobler than the body, even though there be corruption in the soul that has not reached the body. The soul that gives life to the body must always be of a better nature than the body to which it gives life, even though evil should have befallen the soul and not the body. Sin begins in the will, and so in the soul, before the acts of sin reach the body and appear in the external man. Moreover, the responsibility of sin remains always with the soul, and yet the soul must always remain the nobler part of man, because of her nobler nature. As the evil within us is always a corruption of one's own nature, or of the measure of that nature, or of the due order of that nature, and as this corruption has its first beginning in the laxity or the evil choice of our will, it is evident, as St. Augustine says, that if all men kept themselves up to the due measure and order of their nature, there would be no evil. But he adds, if men will use the good they have in an evil way, even when they cannot conquer the will of God, for God knows how to dispose of the unjust according to justice. If through their unjust will they make an evil use of his good, in the might of his justice God will ordain what those evils deserve. He will ordain them to justice who have ordained themselves to sin. End of Lecture 7, Part 2